Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Now, I had Pre- Premier John Horgan on the you show did. earlier today, an interesting conversation with him. And some of the one of the things we touched on was whether the border, the U.S. border, should be reopened anytime soon. B.C. was the first province to call for the border mm-hmm. to be closed. When will it be reopened? Now, he had an interesting comment about the vaccination rate south of the border in Washington State, where things are lagging a little bit there, Mm -hmm. and he's concerned about it. I'm going to play this clip for you, see what you think. So here's Horgan this morning. Well, my perspective is I'd like to see them around 70, 75 Uh, percent. We're hoping, we're shooting for 85. Uh, Dr. Henry's shooting for 100 percent here in B.C., and uh, they've got new innovative ideas. I hear uh, President Biden and uh, Governor Inslee talk and others around the U.S. talking about lotteries, talking about incentives to get that last push to get the, up another 10 or 15 percent. They seem to be getting into hitting a bit of a wall in America and the vaccination rate. Yeah, and that's uh, <clears throat> that's been common around the world, actually. When, once you hit that 70, 75 percent, it becomes a little tougher. Part of the uh, problem or challenges we're also now into the second dose phase so for example uh, in bc yesterday uh or the day before yesterday uh, there were sixty thousand vaccines but twenty one thousand of those were second doses the week before there were only four or five thousand doses a day were second doses so because of the the limited amount of doses as you give more second doses we're going to have fewer first doses and that's what's uh, happening in the states as well on top of that they've got more of a hesitancy or reluctance uh, down there than we do in, B- in B.C. in Canada. I mean, we're 65% in Canada. We're at 70, almost 72% in B.C. In fact, we'll exceed wow. that today. Um, interesting that John Horgan put a number out there. I've not heard, heard him say that before, 70 to 75% he'd like to see in Washington. I think a lot of people would like to see it a lot higher than that before the borders reopen. Yeah, and again, this is a federal government call. Uh, yeah. It's going to be up to Joe Biden and, uh, and Justin Trudeau to decide whether or not this border opens. I think it's on pace to open late summer. I'm I'm guessing um, mm-hmm. as we do get we're gonna we're gonna hit eighty percent eighty five percent before mid July I would think. Speaking of Biden, we talked about some of the incentives mm-hmm. offered being offered in America. And we Super played Bowl some tickets. Clips. Oh yeah, they're offering everything down there. You got ho- NASCAR tickets, baseball tickets, uh, lottery tickets. We have free beer for for everybody. Uh, he mentioned and you just heard Horgan reference that in the clip we just played. Do you think that? I don't know, maybe they need incentives more in the United States than they do here. Like maybe we can get there without incentives. There's more of an anti-vax crowd in the states, and there's more hesitancy in the states than there is here. Now, having said that, we're not. You know, we're at seventy-two percent. We want to get to eighty-five, ninety. Interesting that John Horgan mentioned eighty-five percent. Uh, Bonnie Henry would like to see a hundred percent. Our measles vaccine. Well, you never get hundred percent. No, uh, our our measles vaccination rate, for example, which everybody just takes for granted, is only about ninety percent. Uh, it slipped below ninety a couple of years ago, and that was a cause for concern. So we want to get at least ninety. But as I as I said, we're we're going to see in June and July more and more second doses because three more than three million people have had a first dose. A whole chunk of that three million is coming on to the eight-week um, interval now, and that's why you're going to see more second doses every day. Okay, I asked him about an issue I know that's close to your heart, and that's the PE because you worked there for many, many summers, mm-hmm. and the PE really struggling here. They were asking for, what was it, $8 million they were looking yeah. for? And the B.C. government has given them $1 million. $1 million. So a lot less than what the PE is looking for. So I asked him, why not give some more help to the PE? Obviously, you know, you got the government spending billions mm-hmm. here to help businesses out, especially the hard-hit tourism sector. Why not? more help for the PNE. Now, he had a very interesting answer here. Have a listen. 
city of Vancouver is responsible for the PE. And uh, I, I would like to see what the plan is in Vancouver uh, rather than just turning to Victoria and saying, how do we solve these problems? Okay, I wonder if the mayor of Vancouver's ears are burning on that one. You know, I don't think there's a particularly warm relationship between the Vancouver mayor's office and the uh, BC NDP government, even though Kennedy Stewart's a former NDP MP. I can tell you right from day one, we've talked about this before, when, when he was, uh, when Mayor Stewart was holding those near daily news conferences demanding Victoria give Vancouver money, that did not go over well with the NDP government, who was, you know, in shock at what was happening. They were asking for line. a massive bailout there yeah. at the start of the pandemic. So, so I'm not sure if this is a game of chicken or whatever, but it's, uh, it, the NDP government's response is, okay, Vancouver, you're responsible for this. You've got a lot of assets. You've got a lot of land. What can you be creative? If you want to save the P&E, Come up with something yourself. So I just don't. I think it's unrealistic to expect Victoria to fund the entire eight million. The city of Vancouver is going to have to be creative here. Okay. Although the PNE has signaled that they're willing to go ahead with some sort of smaller, smaller fare this summer, which would not be. I mean, the PNE traditionally is you know the midway, the buildings, the concerts, the festivals that are all incorporated in that in that the land site. It would have to be substantially different and uh, much lower lower scale than uh, before. And I don't think that would answer the PNE's financial concerns. Okay, let's talk about the vaccine plan, especially for the second dose. And for people who got the AstraZeneca vaccine in, like their, in their first dose, you did, I did. And the official word now that your second dose can be any of the other vaccines that are mm-hmm. available, right? Now, let's listen to Dr. Bonnie Henry on that. Now, here she is talking about choosing which second dose you'll receive the the risk of uh the rare risk of blood clots is less considerably less uh for dose two okay so she's talking about the astrazeneca vaccine there right so if you got the astrazeneca first shot you will now be able to choose which one you want for your second shot is that correct yeah so it's again the advice is to take whatever is put in front of you um uh, she said that her preference is to get the same vaccine that you got the first time, but there's no downside to getting a, a different vaccine. There's uh, You can mix and match. Studies have shown there's no downside for that. In fact, there was a study in Spain that suggested if you got AstraZeneca and then got Pfizer, that would actually enhance your p- protection than if you got AstraZeneca as your second shot. A lot of this may depend on the, the availability of vaccines. Again, you do the math. We've got 1.3 million uh, Pfizer dose is coming in June. We don't know how much Moderna, probably about 144,000 Moderna, which is substantially lower than Pfizer. And we don't know if we're going to get any AstraZeneca. Uh, Bonnie Henry yesterday saying we got about 150,000 doses of AstraZeneca on hand, which is higher than I thought. I thought we only had 130,000. But only 275,000 people got AstraZeneca as, as the first shot. We're sort of yeah. part of a small club here. Okay, let me ask you about one other thing that I asked Horgan about this morning, and that is the continuing anti-logging mm-hmm. blockades that we're seeing right in his riding. Like this, So this Ferry Creek dispute against old-growth logging happening right in the Premier's backyard there. Yesterday, seven more arrests at these blockades. There's been 165 people arrested there so far. And I asked him straight up, will you go in there and, and overrule this First Nation, overruling this logging company, and shut down the old-growth logging that's happening in his riding? And he basically said no. And in fact, he said if he did that, it would be a contravention of the United Nations mm-hmm. Declaration of, of the Rights of Indigenous People because this logging is supported by that Pachi yeah, First so, Nation. So UNDRIP, now, as we call it, is enshrined in law. It's part of uh, BC's legal landscape. This is not what was the case in Clackwood Sound, the War of the Woods in the 90s. This is a fundamental change 
in land use decisions and fights in BC that's never occurred before. This is the first big flashpoint uh, after UNDRUP has become law, and there's no way the NDP government can uh, step in here and overrule a First Nations who've been uh, logging for generations. What's going to happen this summer? You will see the deferral of a number of um, old-growth uh, logging permits with First Nations authorizations and backing because that is needed. Uh, you need that authorization to do that, and that's what's going to happen over the summer. And it'll be interesting whether that's enough to dissuade the environmental protesters here right. to walk away from Perry Creek. Well, is that kind of a line in the sand or a line in the woods here that Horgan is drawing for so. these protesters? I don't see how he can – I just frankly don't see how he steps in here and uh, and overrules that First Nations, which has a legal right to do this. And it's a limited okay. amount of logging. And it's, again, the circumstances have changed from the 90s. The goalposts have moved. And it's a, it's a whole new reality, reality out there. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest from Global News. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. One of the other things, you want to call me on this logging dispute, seven more arrests yesterday, 165 arrests total. I think Horgan making it pretty clear in my interview there this morning that they're not going to step in there and overrule this First Nation and say you can't log that old, those old-growth trees down there. So that dispute going to go on. Do you think the province is doing the right thing on that? Phone me and tell me what you think. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Let's go to your calls. Millie in Nanaimo, hi. Hi there. Hi. I'm 89 years old. I had my first dose March 19th, and I'm registered, and I'm registered correctly, and I'm wondering why I have not heard anything when all my uh, friends have already had their appointment. Have I been overlooked? Did you re-register? I did, yes. Uh, well, and you I should... checked, and it, it is correct. You should be being contacted uh, by now, if not very soon. Now, when we made the shift from uh, 16 weeks, then down to 13 weeks, then down to 8 weeks is the interval, I think the system is going to be take a bit of time to adjust to that in terms of notifications. And we are hearing from people who haven't been notified, such as your case, Millie. So I would give it a couple more days. And if you haven't heard anything by next week... Um, Give us a call here at NW and uh, give us your contact stuff, and we'll we'll get to the bottom of that. Yeah, thank you for that, Millie. Yeah, please do that. Please, if you're still there on the on the line, send me an email or give your uh, give your contact information to the producer, Mike at CKNW dot com, and uh, and try and look into that for you. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number. Star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Ben and Langley. Hey, Ben. Hello. Ben, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, yep. thank you. Uh, uh, just a quick question regarding the AstraZeneca vaccines. Um, what are the um, expiration dates on, the, on them, and have they been extended? Are, are they part of the expiring vaccines that have given an extra month, or do we have some that are still under original expiration dates? Yeah, so the uh, expiration expiration date has been extended but it's not an issue for bc dr henry talked about this yesterday our supply of uh, astrazeneca doesn't expire until i believe the end of june so we've got all those are going to be second doses that will be administered this month so there's about one hundred fifty thousand people um will be getting astrazeneca if they got astrazeneca the first time around if they want astrazeneca the second time around but we're the expiry date's not an issue okay is there an issue though Thanks a lot for the call. Is there an issue with people getting facing delays and backlogs and getting the second dose? Because I got a bunch of emails yesterday from people who are saying that they they've been told that 
um, they're going to have to a longer wait than they would like to get the second dose. Is that because now that they're rolling out the second dose, they're still trying to get people into yeah. the system for a first dose as well? You're starting to see a bit of a bottleneck. Yeah, or? You're, yeah you're not going to you're not going to necessarily get your second dose exactly eight weeks after your first dose. Yeah. It's it's a window, and it's a, they're going to try to be as close to that as possible. But there are going to be the realities of this of the supply chain is that there continues to be first doses. There's only so much vaccine. On any given day, it's not like we're we have a gazillion doses floating around in every community. Again, it varies geographically as well. Linda in Surrey. Hi, Linda. Hi there. Hi. Um, I got the AstraZeneca shot um, almost two months ago, so I'll be due for my second shot soon. And it was at a pharmacy, and the only record they gave me was a photocopy slip of paper, just with my name and saying I'd got it. My husband got one at Fraser Health, and he got an official card showing dates and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. When I get my second dose, can I get it at Fraser Health so that I can get an official record instead of just this photocopy that anybody could write up? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting that that happened to you. I got AstraZeneca at a pharmacy, too. They forgot to give me anything. I had to go back and say, hey, you forgot to give me a record of a vaccine. I said, oh, okay. So I think... It's interesting. The pharmacy experience does anecdotally does seem to vary from f across the province. So I would encourage you to uh, register again with Get Vaccinated. And if you want to get your, you can get your second dose, and it can be Pfizer, it can be Moderna, it doesn't have to be AstraZeneca, and you can get it in the uh, in the public clinic. Okay. Interestingly enough, I got the AstraZeneca first dose in a pharmacy as well, and just this morning I received a text message from the government central vaccination system saying that you know your second dose mm -hmm. is coming up and it's time to register so even though i did get the the first shot in a, in a pharmacy i did receive a second uh, a yep. second dose notification and from the government i'm anticipating getting my uh, notification from the central registry as well yeah. not just the pharmacy but yeah. you're encouraged don't phone the pharmacy don't overwhelm these little pharmacies with a whole bunch of phone calls asking for your second dose give it some time to see if you're going to be notified okay bob in nanaimo hi bob hey good morning guys um, my my wife got the Pfizer back in uh, early April, and she got a notification this morning, a text this morning that said that she's eligible for her second one, but it may be Pfizer or Moderna, and she they're not offering her a choice. She gets whatever's there. Yeah, we're that's getting a lot. Yeah, that's not the way I understood it was supposed to be at all. If you were. Yeah, on it, Pfizer, shouldn't you be able to get Pfizer? Yeah, uh, interesting. I had a number of emails this morning. I'm going to be looking into this today. That uh, people have been told that uh, they're just they're being told they're going to get Moderna uh, when they were given Pfizer the first time around. So um, we'll, we'll be checking into this again. This is a massive undertaking. We're talking three million plus people so far have got one dose. We're going to give all of them a second dose very soon. So this is a, you know, when you statistically. When you're talking about three, four million doses, there are going to be some mistakes and there's going to be some hiccups. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get to the bottom of this.